by giving them Krishna consciousness, giving them prasadam, so giving them books and inviting them and you know, explaining to them. In this way, engaging in service, getting them to chant slowly. This is what preaching is all about. Understanding the problem, staying away from it, but at the same time, going and helping them who are in the problem. Just like now in the COVID-19 situation, the, the doctors, they stay away from the problem by wearing all those protective gear and the, the mask and the face shield or whatever and gloves and everything. And so they stay away from that problem. They understand, okay, this is infection. I should, I should be taking care to protect myself. At the same time, they administer help to the patients. So that's exactly how preaching is all about. It's protecting ourselves with our own sadhana by taking shelter of Krishna through the bona fide spiritual master by following all, all his instructions and helping those who are actually suffering. But we should be careful that if the doctor removes his protective gear and gloves and everything and he intimately you know, tries to so-called help but then he doesn't protect himself, he is going to get infected as well. Similarly, in the name of preaching, we cannot let go of our protective gear, which is our sadhana, our, our spiritual strength, waking up early, early in the morning, attending Mangalarati, chanting 16 rounds, and reading Prabhupada's books, eating only Krishna Prasadam, association with devotees, and always you know, thinking of Krishna and how to push on this movement. That thing will protect us. These things that Prabhupada gave us, our daily sadhana will protect us then only we can actually administer any help. Otherwise, we ourselves will get infected. We go and so-called, you know, try to do some preaching in the name of preaching and then I go there and then he says, okay, come, let's have some food. Okay, I'll make friends with him and then I'll, I'll preach to him a little later. Okay, I'll go, you know, food with him. Otherwise, he will see me as, you know, I'm, I'm not like so friendly. So, therefore, maybe he will not listen to my Krishna conscious talks. So therefore, okay, I'll be friend with him. Okay, well, let's go and eat. So I'm getting infected. And then slowly, then he said, um, you know, let's go for you know some maybe um, you know, a pleasure ride or, or maybe some you know wasting time, some movie or something like that. And we to make friends, so-called make friends and make them devotees in the name of that. We are getting led by them, and then we we lose, we lose our we are we are letting go of our protective gear, and then we are getting infected by them. So that is taking association. We should not be too concerned whether that person is going to really take it or not. We should just try to help. If that person does not want, leave him alone and go to another person. You know, we should not be attached to the person. We should be attached to the attached to Krishna. And if we can get him at, attached to Krishna, well and good. But if we're going to give up Krishna and get attached to him or her, that is going to be a path to hell. So just like Bharat Maharaj, he was meditating and meditating. And he got attached to the deer. He should have understood that, you know, Krishna is there, you know, whatever is ordained, it will happen. If this deer has to be protected, he will be protected. If he has to be killed, he will be killed. I should not waver from my duty. He is worrying about that one deer. There are so many deer in different parts of the world and so many deer are in trouble. And so many zebra, or, you know, so many lions, so many tigers are hunting so many animals. Why did, he, why did he not take care of all those deer and zebra and you know, why he is only worried about this one deer? This is attachment. By saving one deer, how much difference is it going to make? Another thousand million deers are, you know, not deers, deers is a wrong, deer. 
the plural is also deer right so all the millions of deer and the the zebras and um, what not um, all kinds of you know bison or whatever it is all those animals are being killed by lions or tigers and so this one lion is you know just um, trying to chase the deer and then the, the cub fell and then he took so much compassion on them why not others then this is attachment uh, so one should know that eko bahu nam yo vidhati kaman krishna is taking care of everyone we can we cannot really help anyone we ourselves are bound uh, so we should first of all get out of the material clutches so when we try to preach how are we helping we were sharing prabhupada's words we are speaking repeating what prabhupada says that we should do because there is the order of the spiritual master part of the sadhana is also to preach because prabhupada's order was to every devotee preach this to others spread distribute my books because we we sometimes maybe can't actually we can't we can't we can never preach perfectly because he is realized soul he is tattva darshana he is seeing krishna so uh, he is on that platform we are convinced because of him <laughs> because he has said that we are convinced about it otherwise we have not seen uh, krishna when how come we are we have dedicated our life for this <laughs> by the blessings of prabhupad by the conviction that he has shown in krishna we are inspired to become um, to surrender our life for krishna not that we have really seen krishna not yet right so inspired by the example of the guru of the spiritual master shri prabhupad that's how we take uh, inspiration by seeing another devotee take shelter of krishna so that's how we should be inspired Hmm? so foolish human beings who are grossly absorbed in the foolish in, sorry in the culture of avidya nations do not mind this cruel process and amen by the beauty of the material energy they undergo the same miseries repeatedly birth after birth and do not learn any lessons from the laws of nature so much clues are being given but they don't learn that is the foolishness just like animals a goat when it is on the path to the slaughter there are so many goats in line you know and every goat is being chopped chopped but this this goat he is happily eating the grass you know you know just busy foolish you can't even see that you know the, the goat in front of me is being chopped or his head is being chopped so like that you know we are so foolish therefore the culture of vidya or transcendental knowledge is essential for the human being sense enjoyment um in the diseased material condition must be restricted as far as possible sense enjoyment should be restricted as far as possible unrestricted sense enjoyment in this bodily condition is the path of ignorance and death in the, in animal life there is unrestricted sense enjoyment in human life there is restriction there is vivaha there is okay marriage otherwise man can have or woman can have you know relationship with un, uh, many men or women you know right but limited to one by marriage why because that is restrict the sense gratification so that real aim of life the spiritual life is not forgotten that is real meaning of marriage to restrict the sense gratification to one partner so that the rest of the time can be used in spiritual life instead of just like going here and going there and going and messed up whole life messed up no spiritual life but nowadays even after marriage they just simply sense gratification only there is no spiritual life even if there is only one partner if there is no spiritual life there is no there is no benefit from that marriage because the marriage is 
to restrict the sense gratification so that time can be saved up for spiritual life but if if we if we if we take to this marriage and then there is no spiritual life there what is the use of taking to this hmm. <clears throat> sense enjoyment in the disease material condition must be restricted as far as possible unrestricted sense enjoyment in this bodily condition is the path of ignorance and death the living entities are not without spiritual senses that means we have spiritual senses every living every living being in his original spiritual form has all the senses which are now materially manifested being covered by the material body and mind so a dress this body is compared to a dress so if the body has hands that means the soul also has hands just like a dress a suit is stitched like a, suppose a custom made tailor suit tailored suit it's it's uh, sewn according to the shape and size of the you know of the of the hand right of the hand and the body and all that so similarly um our dress is fashioned after our real form in the spiritual world so the spirit soul has form but now all those senses are covered by this dress senses just like when we cover the hand with a glove the glove has five fingers that's because our real hand has five fingers if the real hand hand has 20 fingers the glove would also have 20 fingers right but that will be a little gross to look at um, but you know that's that's how uh, our body is fashioned after our our uh, sorry our dress is fashioned after our body similarly our body is fashioned after the soul so if this body has senses that means the soul also has senses actual real senses in the spiritual sense but they are covered by this clothed by this body um the living entities are not without spiritual senses every living and okay we have read that um the activities of the material senses are perverted reflections of the activities of the original spiritual senses perverted reflections of the activities of the original spiritual senses in his diseased condition the spirit soul engages in material activities under the material covering the real sense enjoyment is possible only when the disease of materialism is removed sense enjoyment like krishna is called govinda the giver of pleasure to the senses but what senses the spiritual senses so our senses we can enjoy but when we when we engage ourselves in the satisfaction of krishna's senses rishikena rishikesha sevanam so when we engage in rishikesha sevanam the master in the service of the master of the senses rishika means senses rishika isha is rishikesha so rishikesha means um the master of the senses the master of the senses is krishna and when we serve him then our senses also become pleased and that's how he is called govinda is a giver of pleasure to the senses but it's not that he will give us all material sense pleasure and you know, sense gratification no by serving him we get the pleasure because just like when the hand puts the food in the mouth by the digestion the hand also will get energy although uh, on his own if the hand tries to eat the food the hand cannot get energy the hand cannot eat the food but if the hand takes the food and put it into the mouth then by the digestive process the hand also will get energy so similarly when we ourselves cannot enjoy the senses independently of krishna when we serve krishna our senses also become satisfied and completely supersede the completely satisfied whereas if we try on our own it's going to be fruitless <clears throat> therefore prabhupada said real sense enjoyment is possible real sense enjoyment means the enjoyment of real senses not this 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 
material senses you know the real senses of the spirit soul so the real sense enjoyment is possible only when the disease of materialism is removed in our pure spiritual form free from all material contamination real enjoyment of the sense <sighs> okay so a person a patient must regain his health before he can truly enjoy sense pleasure again thus the aim of human life should not be to enjoy perverted sense enjoyment but to cure the material disease so we have to come out of the material contamination we should not increase the contamination more so a patient must regain his health because he, before he can truly enjoy sense pleasure again if he if he has some disease and he wants to enjoy his senses still without getting cured then he will be get, he will be in more problems just a second yeah so he'll be in he, he'll be in more problems you know just like if a diabetes patient if he wants to eat all sweets and everything then he'll be in in bigger problem so that's the aim of human life should not be to enjoy perverted um sense enjoyment but to cure the material disease aggravation of the material disease is no sign of knowledge but a sign of avidya ignorance aggravation of material disease means making it even more that's why prabhupada will explain now for good health a person should not increase his fever from 105 degrees to 107 degrees this is in degree fahrenheit not in degree celsius degree celsius would be 39 39.6 i think no 39 degree celsius and then wait a second see still doing some tricks this computer okay so for good health a person should not increase his fever from 105 degrees to 107 degrees but should reduce his temperature to the normal 98.6 degrees fahrenheit that should be the aim of human life the modern trend of material civilization is to increase the temperature of the feverish material condition which has reached the point of 107 degrees in the form of atomic energy <laughs> hmm 107 if if you get 108 degrees fahrenheit temperature you're dead so that you know it, it i think it corresponds to about 40 degrees of 40 something degrees celsius and that's when one loses his life i think there has not been a temperature of more than 108 degrees celsius uh, fahrenheit and a person still living so so the feverish uh, the <clears throat> the modern trend of material civilization is to increase the temperature of the feverish material condition which has reached the point of 107 degrees in the form of atomic energy meanwhile in 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 other words atomic energy is life threatening right to the entire human race and even other races other species meanwhile the foolish politicians are crying that at any moment the world may go to hell that is the result of advancement of material knowledge and the neglect of the most important part of life the culture of spiritual knowledge Sri Ishopanishad here and warns that we must not follow this dangerous path leading to death on the contrary we must develop the culture of spiritual knowledge so that we may become completely free from the cruel hands of death this does not mean that all activities for the maintenance of the body should be stopped there is no question of stopping activities just as there is no question of wiping out one's temperature altogether when trying to recover from a disease to make the best use of a bad bargain huh? <laughs> to oh the temperature is 100 105 okay okay let's make it zero 
zero means dead so it has to be brought so proper is saying it's not it's not about stopping activities um, just like there's no question of wiping out one's temperature altogether when trying to recover from a disease to make the best use of a bad bargain is the appropriate expression the culture of spiritual knowledge necessitates the help of the body and the mind so if we want to um, i mean cult- cultivate our krishna consciousness we need the help of our body and mind as long as we are in this material world we need the help of the body and mind right one second uh, okay we need the help of the body and mind because we need to do services you know so many service with our hands with our mind with our you know speech with our legs you know we have to do so much service so we need the body and mind to be in a healthy condition so therefore maintenance of the body and mind is required if we are to serve, if, if if we are to reach our goal just like if you want to go somewhere in a car the the car has to be in a good condition you have to take care that the car is in a good condition so that it can help us reach the destination but if we just get um, enamored by the beauty of the car and you know how can do this modification that modification and make it all look cool and you know with lights and everything and but i don't reach any i don't i don't go anywhere i spend all my money here only on the car and that is foolishness so that's what we are doing at this moment we are just trying to decorate this car of the body but we're not going anywhere with that car so the car is has to be maintained there has to be some maintenance of the car so that it can help us reach the destination which is the spiritual world vaikuntha so in in that manner the car is necessary therefore the maintenance of the body and the mind is required if we are to reach our goal the normal temperature should be maintained at 98.6 degrees fahrenheit and the great sages and saints of india have attempted to do this by a balanced program of spiritual and material knowledge they never allowed the misuse of human intelligence for diseased sense gratification human activities so important you see they had a balanced program of spiritual and material knowledge that's why there is dharma artha kama moksha otherwise they would have just said moksha moksha that's it right <laughs> but why they had this dharma or or dharma and moksha why artha and kama if they are problematic fields they are not problematic fields they are meant but if we i mean they are meant for the for the for the maintenance of the body but if we just become just focused on artha and kama to the exclusion of dharma and moksha that's when it becomes a problem so it is required the artha and kama in the pursuance of the real thing which is moksha which is attained with with dharma real dharma um so the sages they never allow the misuse of human intelligence for diseased sense gratification human activities diseased by a tendency towards sense gratification have been regulated in the vedas under the principles of salvation regulated this system employs religion economic development sense gratification and salvation but at the present moment people have no interest in religion or salvation you see this they exactly the point they have only one aim in life sense gratification and in order to achieve this end they make plans for economic development their plan is kama sense gratification but because kama cannot be had sufficiently without artha therefore they pursue artha hmm. uh, or wealth so therefore wealth and sense gratification have become the center that's why economic development is considered the index of advancement of a of an individual person or a country 
anything if you have money you have power because power means what power to enjoy sense gratification misguided men think that religion should be maintained because it contributes to economic development which is required for sense gratification in the vedic way yes if you you know like you know the cycle of sacrifice if you remember from bhagavad gita saha yagyaah prajah srishtva purovaach prajapatih anena prasavishyadvam esha vostvishta kamadhuk in the beginning of creation the lord of creatures sent for generations of men and demigods along with sacrifices for vishnu and blessed them by saying be thou happy by this yagna sacrifice because its performance will bestow upon you everything desirable for living happily in this life and achieving liberation in the next then he said devan bhavayatanena te deva bhavayantu vah parasparam bhavayanta um, what is that shreyam shreyah paramavapsyatha the demigods being pleased by sacrifices will also please you thus by cooperation between man and demigods prosperity will reign for all and prosperity means artha and once you have artha then there is kama so by satisfying the demigods through the process of dharma the, the karma kandya portion of the dharma we can get artha then kama um so in in so they think the vedavadaratas those who are in the so called study of vedas they think vedas or dharma is meant for economic development that economic development is meant for sense gratification and when the sense gratification is frustrated you know many, maybe after many lives then search after moksha that is their whole point but it is to regulate actually and in the modern way they also look at religion as an opportunity for economic um growth in the sense that they have festivals like you know um christmas or deepavali or uh, janmashtami or you know so many festivals right in 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 all religions so whenever there is this festival season there is so much shopping oh everybody have discounts you know that increases the economy everybody wants to purchase new clothes or new gifts or this that and then that increases the economic economic um, condition the spending and everybody will make money in that season so religion for the purpose of economic development in the it's just a namesake nobody is interested christmas is supposed to be you know uh, worshiping christ or jesus they don't care they just give gifts to each other or even i mean some people they do they do um, you know but again how much they really follow we don't know and same thing with hinduism or any any religion they have these festivals but then it is just for economic development even the person like i have seen we we have this one month fair uh, ex- expo in uh, for when it, uh, just before deepavali festival in that festival the deepavali means actually to deepavali was when ram was invited back to ayodhya uh, sorry not invited i mean he came back to ayodhya after killing ravan then they welcomed him with all the lamps and that is and krishna also killed narakasura so that is deepavali but they forget all these things they just give gifts to each other and then just have party and sometimes they even have meat and they have you know like um, um, what is that alcohol and everything and they engage in all kinds of you know sinful activities so this is um, and you know they do these crackers you know in india especially so much pollution the great and all these things 
I mean, for they forget the real thing. The, the real thing is to worship Krishna. Uh, whatever they do, they must. It is all should be. It all should be centered around Krishna. But that is not there. That is not there. Um, so this so-called religion nowadays has become for just economic development. It is just there is no meaning. In it. They think religion does not have any practical use. It is just something remnants of the past civilization or whatever. We just have to bear with it. And if possible, make money out of it. You know, you know, festival. Just start a shopping season, so everybody shops and discounts and everything. Everybody shops. So if that is, if that can be done, well and good. Yeah, we'll have holidays for religion. And nowadays they've started even festivals without even religion. Like in the Lazara, Amazon, Alibaba, and all this, they have this uh, another kind of festivals like one one January first, February second, March third. So one one two two three three four four five five until twelve twelve. So they have special discounts. Oh, this is a big festival. What is so big about it? What is so big about it? Uh, they just make up these festivals just for economic development. It has become like that now. The economic development is the main thing they want. Okay, we'll go back to the uh, misguided men think that religion should be maintained because it contributes to economic development, which is required for sense gratification. Thus, in order to guarantee further sense gratification after death in heaven, there is some system of religious observance. This is, of course, speaking of the Vedic way, where you know at least there is some heavenly life in the next life. You know that way. There, there is further sense gratification, further economic development. Thus, in order to guarantee further sense gratification after death in heaven, there is some system of religious observance. But this is not the purpose of religion. The purpose of religion is actually meant for self-realization, and economic development is required just to maintain the body in a sound, healthy condition. A man should lead a healthy life with a sound mind, just to realize vidya, true knowledge, which is the aim of human life. This life is not meant for working like an ass or for culturing avidya for sense gratification. The path of vidya is most perfectly presented in the Shrimad Bhagavatam. Which directs a human being to utilize this, utilize his life to inquire into the absolute truth. The absolute truth is realized step by step as Brahman, Paramatma, and finally Bhagavan, the personality of Godhead. This is actually the, the translations of 1.2.10, 1 1.2.11, 1 1.2.12, and all this. <clears throat> so, our uh, human life should be. We have to utilize our life to inquire into the absolute truth and we should keep our material um, life to the minimum just for the maintenance. The absolute truth, sorry, I just hit the camera. Yeah. Uh, the absolute truth is realized by broad-minded men uh, who have, sorry, the absolute truth is realized by the broad-minded man who has attained knowledge and detachment by following the 18 principles of the Bhagavad Gita described in the purport to Mantra 10, yesterday's purport. 13 chapter, 8 through, 8 through 12, all the verses. <clears throat> the signs of knowledge, the symptoms of uh, man in knowledge. So the absolute truth is re realized by the broad-minded man who has attained knowledge and detachment by following the 18 principles of the Bhagavad Gita described in the purport to Mantra 10. The central purpose of these 18 principles is the attainment of transcendental devotional service to the personality of Godhead. That is the central thing. If that is achieved, all the 18 will automatically be achieved. Therefore, all classes of men are encouraged to learn the art of devotional service to the Lord. Uh, this will sol solve all problems. The guaranteed path to the aim of Vidya is described by Srila Ru Rupa Goswami in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, 
which we have presented in English as the nectar of devotion. The culture of Vidya is summarized in Srimad Bhagavatam 1.2.14 in the following words. Tasma deke na manasa bhagavan satvatam patihi shrotavyaha kirtitavyascha dheyaha pujyascha nityada. Therefore, with one pointed attention, one should constantly hear about, glorify, remember, and worship the personality of Godhead, who is the protector of the devotees. Unless religion, economic development, and sense gratification aim toward the attainment of devotional service to the Lord, they are simply different forms of nescience or ignorance, as Sri Upanishad indicates in the following mantras. So now, the next three mantras are, looks they have the same pattern as the last three mantras ending today. Day before yesterday, yesterday and today. The three mantras that we read. The next three mantras have the same pattern but about religion. If this was about knowledge, the same thing about religion. So, we will go and see that tomorrow onwards. Alright, that is the end of the session. The last question, okay, we will go through the first question and all, but the last question by Mr. Kupusami Marudamutu. So, question is, what is the Ashtanga Goka? What is that? Uh, did you mean Ashtanga Yoga or what? So, kindly elaborate, I mean, kindly clarify that. Uh, then we will see. Okay. Uh, questions. First question by Ajanya Mataji, Bhakti Ajanya from India. Is number of breaths determine our lifespan? Yes, so that is what I heard in Ayurveda. Number of breaths determine our lifespan. If we breathe faster, then you know we are like that's why the yogis basically they prolong their breath very long and therefore they live for hundreds of years. That's what they say in yoga um, that if you can prolong your breath, then you can prolong your life. But then as devotees, it's not about prolonging our life, that is not the real aim of our life. Our life is, is to uh, become Krishna conscious because even after that, suppose you have managed to prolong the breath and for lived for 1000 years and after 1000 years went to hell. So, what, what? It was hell already, all this tapasya and austerity for 1000 years to prolong the breath and you know just give up all sense gratification and do all this breath control and after 1000 years go to hell. Or anywhere in this material world. So, what is the real, what is the real benefit from that? Tarvah Kimna Jeevanti, the trees, they also live, right? They also live very long lives, thousands of years. What is the point? What is the point? Um, real life is that of meaning. It has to be meaningful, not long. It has to be meaningful. Um, what is that? Uh, there is a saying, I forgot anyway. So, Virendra, Bhakti, Bhakta Virendra, next question. Um, bhakti Yoga is sublime process as compared to other yogic paths. However, many people don't take sublime path of Bhakti to attain Supreme Lord. Is it due to desires, past karma or maya acting that jivas don't take part of Bhakti? Bhakti is the most simplest path. But because they don't like to surrender to the Supreme Lord, the reason why we are in this material world is because we don't want to surrender to Krishna. So, that's why anything that necessitates surrender to the Supreme Lord, they don't want. They don't want to give up their 
sense gratification. So in other parts, like in even karma yoga, jnana yoga, and you know even demigod worship, there is there are promises of what is that? Um, there are promises of sense gratification, whether as a karmi or a jnani or a yogi, even mystic powers is a kind of sense gratification. It's actually bigger sense gratification. So it is all promising sense gratification, and that's why people are willing to undergo those tapasya. Whereas bhakti involves giving up of sense gratification. That's what they don't want. So they want to take any effort and any trouble to chase sense gratification. But even the simple path of bhakti they don't want to take because it um, requires giving up of sense gratification. So how foolish they are. They are prepared to undergo all trouble for sense gratification. But they don't want to take the easy path by giving sense gratification up and you know serving Krishna. That is that is why because of the illusion they don't. Vanajakshi Mataji. So, 2000 such four yugas? Yes. So, in the, during the night of Brahma, there is no yugas. There is just night. Uh, in the, only until Svargaloka, it is all submerged in water. The universal waters, they rise in, in, the, in the level of the water. There is a huge rise in the level. And now it is, you know, all the <coughs> Tala, Atala, Vitala, Sutala, Talatala, Rasatala, Patala, all these seven lower, pla- lower planetary systems, they are submerged and Bhuloka, Bhuvarloka, Swargaloka is also submerged in the universal waters. And only Janaloka, Mahaloka, Tapaloka, Satyaloka, these four planetary systems are not submerged during the night of Brahma. So, there is no Yugas as such, um, it is just night, but then it is that long, it is as long as the day. Uh, and after that, when Brahma wakes up, then when he sits on, the, when he is sitting on the lotus, then he wakes up, then he sees the water level so high and he becomes afraid actually by seeing the water level so high. Then again he engages himself in penance and then again he actually forgets how to create also when he wakes up. Just like when we wake up, we are like groggy, groggy, you know, and, and we, we, we forget actually what are we supposed to do. It, you know, it takes some time for us to... You know, the Paramatma from within to, um, you know, remind us of, hey, yeah, I need to do this, I need, I need to rush to the office or you know, I, to, I need to do that and this. And then we remember. So, the first few minutes are like a little bit groggy, you know, we are like, we are not, you know. <laughs> so, Brahma, Brahma is also a little bit groggy when he wakes up. And then he needs Krishna to again give him the intelligence to create the all the lower planetary systems, recreate them again. And the water level subsides and then... Again, he has to create all the way from Swargaloka, Bhuvarloka, Bhuloka, Tala, Atala, Vitala, Sutala, Talatala, Rasatala, Patala, all planetary systems he has to create again, all the hellish planets. So, the 1000 cycles is the day when everything is going on, all activities are going on. But in the night, these are submerged and above there is night. And night in those, in those realms, how much ignorance is there in the night, I do not know. Um, whether they sleep completely, completely like us, like complete ignorance, we are completely lost when we are sleeping. Because even the death of the higher planetary systems, it is not exactly like our death. Um, it is not as painful as here, although there is death. So, um, their sleep, how it is, I do not know, but it is night there. So, but yes, the time span is of uh, 2000 cycles of the four yugas, that time span, but there is no no 2000 cycles going on there. Mm.
only 1000 cycles and then that is during the day and then after that is night is that there is no information that there also there is Kali Yuga while Brahma is sleeping and Satya Yuga, Treta Yuga no it is all night. Bhakta Virendra again question so just like Lord Krishna appears only once in a day of Brahma so also the other incarnations of Vishnu such as Vamana, Narsimha, Parshram, Ram appear only once in the day of Brahma no in fact Varaha came uh, two times at least in this day of Brahma there is the red Varaha and there is a white Varaha Shweta Varaha now we are in the Shweta Varaha Kalpa in this Kalpa he came as Shweta Varaha uh, white Varaha and other another Kalpa he came as Kalpa means one Divya Yuga or <coughs> one cycle of the four Yugas <coughs> so in this Kalpa this is Shweta Varaha Kalpa but there was a red Varaha Kalpa so other incarnations it is not mentioned that he, won't, he only comes once in the day he can come more, more than once in the day but Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu come only once in the day of Brahma. Bhakti Najanya, is chanting help, does chanting help to reduce the breathing rate? Again, our point is not to uh, reduce the breathing rate so that I can live long. That's not really our thing. We are into remembering Krishna. Because even, the main thing is, Antakale Chamameva, Smaran Muktva Kalevaram, Yad Prayati Samad Bhavam, Yatinastyatra Samshayaha. 8.5. So, if we can remember Krishna at the time of death, that is our success. So, we have to mold our lives in such a way that whether it be short or long, let it be in remembrance of Krishna. And whoever at the end of his life quits his body, remembering me alone, at once attains my nature of this, there is no doubt. Therefore, in Srimad Bhagavatam, there is this other verse, Kanto 2, chapter 1, text 6. Eta Vansankhya Yoga Abhyam Swadharmam Parinishaya Janmalabha Parapumsam Ante Narayana Smritihim. The highest perfection of human life um, achieved either by complete knowledge of, of matter and spirit, by practice of mystic powers, or by perfect discharge of occupational duty is to remember the personality of Godhead at the end of life. That is the perfection. To remember the personality of Godhead at the end of life. That is the highest perfection of human life. Not anything else. Not this long life and all that. We are not into this. Bhakti Virendra. Srila Prabhupada says in... Uh, Srila Prabhupada says, in chanting, mind is not involved. You need to chant loudly from mouth and listen holy names attentively from ears. Is this attentive chanting by which mind feels absorbed in chanting which is required for soul purification? See, in order to attentively chant, you need your mind, right? When mind is when you, when Prabhupada says mind is not involved means you are not trying to think of Krishna and all the form and pastime. We are not we are not trying to impose uh, on the mind how to, you know we have to now think of Krishna this this way that way. We have to still use our mind because mind is the chief of the senses. So with the mind we have to tell our senses, our ears to hear, our mouth to chant. So still mind is attentively means what? Mayar pita mano but that mind should be used for hearing. Instead of thinking about Krishna and thinking, thinking about the pastimes and all that. That will happen at a later stage automatically when one attentively hears. When one, one chants in pure love of Godhead, then he is automatically all the pastimes and everything manifest. Sri Radhika Madhavayora Para Madhuri Alila Gunarupanam Nam. So he's, uh, the spiritual master is always thinking of the pastimes of uh, Krishna. 
pastimes of Radha and Krishna. So, <clears throat> he is always going on. That is the meditation of the pure devotee. But in the beginning, to try to think of Krishna, think in this way, think in that way, that Prabhupada said, don't do it. Use, uh, just listen. But to do, to, to, to do that also requires the involvement of the mind. Okay, next question by Virendra. Has the Supreme Lord who has created false ego and gross material bodies of humans makes them forgetful of the Supreme Lord and take to devotional service which is the pathway to the spiritual world? I don't know what the question is. He has created all these material elements to facilitate our material desires and also for our purification. Basically that. Okay, so then next question by Bhakta Virendra. Why don't modern day schools and colleges teach Krishna consciousness? Vidya side by side with material knowledge. When you have Vidya, like we are reading Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavatam. There is already material knowledge inside this. There is no need of learning in a separate material knowledge as given by the so-called uh, modern education system. Don't think that our knowledge does not have material education. Why is there dharma, artha, kama, moksha? Why? What is the, There is material knowledge. There is economic development. There is everything. But to the point of minimum. And that is our knowledge. It is not. So when we learn vidya in our terms, in our scriptures, there is no need of extraneously reading any other thing. There is no need of extraneous education for materialism. Hmm. Therefore, Prabhupada also wanted a Gurukul system where only this is taught without any material syllabus. There is a little bit of reading, writing, a little bit of mathematics and general geography and uh, general history. And then rest is just this, scriptures. So, that is what is real education. Hmm. So, when there is Vidya of this from the Vedic uh, scriptures, there is no need of that other other thing. It, it is actually, it is just producing sutras and with no practicality in life and um, you know, they, these university graduates, many times they can't even cook. Many of them can't even cook their own food. What is the use? I mean, you, life skills, basic life skills they don't have. They don't, they can't even make up their bed. They can't even, you know, take a little bit of austerity, sleep on the floor even. They can't even do simple things, wash their clothes and everything they can't do. Uh, so, uh, that's why we keep our material life to the simple and then simple living high thinking, that is real Vidya. So, you don't need another another system of education, no need. This includes everything, wholesome education. Okay, next question. Um, yeah, what is it? Ashtanga Yoga? Yeah. So, it is Ashtanga Yoga. So, Ashtanga Yoga means, um, what is that? Yama, Niyama, Asana. Pranayama, Pratyahara, Dharana, Dhyana, Samadhi. So, this is Ashtanga Yoga. Eight parts of Yoga. Um, um, well, I don't know. I, I don't want to go through the whole thing. Um, it is there. It is there, the whole eight forms. So, basically, the whole process is to mechanically control the senses and um, engage them in the service of Krishna. But it is a very mechanical process. Whereas, the process of devotional service is far superior because directly we are engaging our, our senses in Krishna's service. So, all, automatically Indriya Samyama or the control of the senses is already there by engaging in Krishna consciousness. So, it is actually a superior process than Ashtanga Yoga. Ashtanga Yoga is a very laborious process 
and also the success is not guaranteed whereas devotional service even little we do on this path will never go in vain so there is ultimate success here i can go into deeper explanation of ashtanga yoga but you know we want to keep it short bhakta prabhakar hari krishna prabhu muslim say allah is supreme god christian say jesus we are telling krishna is supreme personality of godhead how can how we can tell them krishna is supreme personality of godhead so god has unlimited names allah is one of his names krishna christ is one of his names naam naam akari bahudha nijasarva shaktis he has millions and trillions of names so these are all his names allah means the almighty christ means the anointed one buddha means the enlightened one so these are all names of god krishna is the perfect name of god because it involves everything it includes almighty it includes the enlightenment enlightened one it includes the beauty everything is involved in krishna when we say krishna is all attractive krishna means all attractive and when a person will become all attractive or first when a person becomes attractive when he has some opulence opulence does not only mean riches or wealth as parashar muni has uh, given in the vishnu puran shadaishwarya purna that means six six types of uh, opulences what are they aishwaryasya samagrasya viryasya yashasasriyah gyan vairagya yoschaiva shannambhaga itingana so there are six opulences if anyone has any in this material world not talking about god yet even any normal human being if he has any of these six to even a little bit uh, higher degree than others he will become attractive to others what are they um aishwaryas wealth if one is wealth uh, wealthy he becomes attractive to many people uh, he or she aishwarya samagras virias if one has strength uh, he also uh, attracts a lot of attention attracts so strength so almighty allah means an you know, almighty the creator so might is one of the six the strength so like for example say bruce lee bruce lee everybody knows all or uh, what is it arnold schwarzenegger uh, strong man okay everybody knows so strength or it can be physical strength or influential strength like say napoleon or hitler or or uh, churchill or even uh, in the pre, in the past what was that jenghis um, khan jenghis khan so he, you know all these the different rulers were there they are also strong in 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 influence so either physical or influential influential strength that is attractive or whether positively or negatively people will talk about you right so it attracts attention and uh, various so yes fame like you know all these pop stars and movie stars they are, they have fame so every anybody who is famous he becomes attractive uh, and then shriya beauty if somebody is beautiful is attractive one who has gyan knowledge he, he also becomes attractive and finally vairagya detachment detachment complete detachment so whoever has like even monks monks are revered everywhere because it is not easy to do what they have done renounce renounce material pleasures but they have done so people respect them you know so these things and if you may say no music is also one of them you know people who sing yeah all this is in in the um, thing of knowledge all these art forms are actually in the in, in the in the brackets of knowledge knowledge involves all these things so whether it be language or whether it be anything all the skills that are there these are all knowledge now so these six things if anybody has any of these things even to minute degrees 
he or she becomes attractive. So, Krishna means he has all these six in infinite quantity. That is God. So, that's why Krishna is the perfect name for God, is the most complete name for God. Because it involves Almighty, it involves beauty, it involves the enlightened one. The Buddha means enlightened one. He, enlightened one means one who has knowledge. The anointed one means one who is very beautiful. Everything is already included in the Krishna. Bhagavan. Bhagavan means he has all these six bhagas. Shannam bhaga itingana. Shannam means six. Bhaga means these opulences. Bhaga means opulence. Bhagyavan means one who is fortunate, one who is blessed by that fortune. But here, Krishna is the owner of all this fortune. So, he is the owner, Bhaga. That's why he is called Bhagavan, one who possesses these Bhagas. So, therefore, he is all attractive and therefore his name is Krishna and therefore that's the most perfect name. Although, every other name is, is referring to him only. So, any name is good. Any name is good. We chant Krishna's name because that is given by um, the Shastras and Acharya. And it is said, and actually, again, um, <laughs> Maybe we'll go there. Let's see how. Um, okay, you see here. Although there are many names of God, why we chant the Hare Krishna mantra? It's, it's this. In this is Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhilila, chapter 9, verse 32, state, quoted from the Brihad Vishnu Sahasranam of Uttarakhand of Padma Puran. Sri Rama Rama Rameti Rame Rame Manorame Sahasranama Bhistulyam Rama Nama Varanane. Lord Shiva addressed his wife Durga. O Varanana, I chant the holy name of Rama 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 and thus enjoy this beautiful sound. This holy name of Ramasandra is equal to 1000 holy names of Lord Vishnu. Like Vishnu Sahasranama. Sahasranama means 1000 names of Vishnu. One Rama, one uh, holy name of Ramasandra is equal to 1000 holy names of Lord Vishnu. Although all are names of Vishnu, again, the benefit we can get now, we, our life is short. We need the maximum benefit in the shortest time. So, we need a, con we need a concentrated medicine, concentrated drug to save ourselves from this material world. So, what can give the maximum benefit in the, in the shortest time possible? So, that's why. So, Rama is equal to 1000 names of Vishnu. Now, next verse is also from this is from Brahman Puran which is also found in the Laghu Bhagavatamrita by Rupa Goswami. Sahasranam nam punyanam trer avrityatu yatphalam ekavrityatu krishnasya namai kamtat prayachati. The pious results derived from chanting the thousand holy names of Vishnu three times. Okay, the pious results derived from chanting the thousand holy names of Vishnu is the, is the name of, you know, you will get the same by chanting the name of Ram. But, Three times of the thousand names, that means three thousand names can be attained. The pious results derived from chanting the thousand holy names of Vishnu three times can be attained by only one utterance of the holy name of Krishna. So now you imagine, if you calculate, there are how many Krishnas? Um, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. So four Krishna, four Ram. So four times so twelve thousand and sixteen thousand holy names. 16,000 names of Vishnu by one man, one Mahamantra. So, you see how much Krishna wants to save us so that in the short time of Kali Yuga, which we don't have lifespans like, like you know, uh, Valmiki who, who lived for 60,000 years before he got perfection and you know, other great, great sages who lived for thousands and thousands of years. We have very short time. In that short time, we have to make 
as much advancement as possible. So therefore, this holy name is given to us. Uh, this Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. That's why it's called the Maha Mantra. Maha Mantra. All right. Next, Rajakishor. Uh, Prabhu, Kalpa is one day of Brahma, isn't it? Uh, kalpa, is that 1000? I always get. Yeah, one Kalpa is actually, sorry, yes. Not one Divya Yuga. It's 1000 Divya Yugas, which is one Kalpa. Yeah, which is one day of Brahma. Correct, correct. I think that is also mentioned. I always get confused with this Kalpa and Divya Yuga. Divya Yuga means the four Yugas, and Kalpa means 1000 cycles of the four Yugas, which is one day of Brahma. Yes. Vanajakshi uh, Mataji Prabhuji, could you kindly enlighten on the terms Pralaya and Mahapralaya? So that's exa- exactly what we were saying. Pralaya happens at the end of every Brahma's day when half of the universe is more than half, like until Svargaloka is submerged, and that happens when Brahma sleeps in the night. And Mahapralaya happens at the end of his life when the entire universe is destroyed. And at that time, the water, is, I mean, everything, just the whole, whole thing just gets dissolved. The entire universe, you know, goes back and dissolves into the Maha, the Karana Ocean and goes back into the pores of Mahavishnu. So, that's Mahapralaya at the end of Brahma's life. So, but every end of Brahma's day, there is a Pralaya. There is also another Pralaya which happens at the end of every Manu. There are many Pralaya, Bhutva, Bhutva, Pralayate. So, at the end of every Manus, that means after every 71 cycles of the four Yugas, a little more than 71 cycles actually, to be exact, because 14 Manus come and go in the in the lifespan of, I mean, in, in one day of Brahma. So, 1000 Yuga cycles divided by 14 Manus, that means each Manu uh, has, a, I mean, rules for about 71 point something cycles of the four Yugas. So, after each Manu, when there is another next Manu, the, that Sandhya period of that Manu, Manmantra, there is some Pralaya also that happens. So, there are these regular pralayas and also we have smaller pralayas in the, in the form of earthquake, tsunami, this way, that way. These are much smaller than those universal pralayas. But uh, there is a general tendency, bhutva bhutva pralayate. On all levels, there is small pralayas, big pralayas and maha pralaya, the, the ultimate pralayas when at the end of Brahma's life, when the entire universe is destroyed. Um, next, uh, Rabinarayan Tripathi. Oh, Bhakta, Bhakta Prabhu. Question, Prabhu requests, just request to have a class on Jagannath Charitamrita. Oh, there's so many pastimes of Jagannath. Anyway, that's after Ishopanishad, maybe. Let's see how it goes. But uh, today is actually Snani Yatra, very auspicious day. And uh, we, we had a small celebration within the temple only. Uh, no guests allowed. So, in the morning we did Snani Yatra and then now for 15 days the Lord will will not be visible on the altar and uh, after that supposed to have a Ratyatra but this year we can't do it because of this COVID-19 situation next year probably <clears throat> but yeah you know Jagannath has you know, so many pastimes of Lord Jagannath so does that mean that Lord Varaha came only once in this day of Brahma if this is Shveta Varaha Kalpa hmm. Shvetvaraha Kalpa. Okay, I need to get um, brush up my definitions of Kalpa again. Let, let's see I mean, what we get in this Kalpa. Always I make this mistake. 
Kalpa is a day of Brahma. Okay, here eight dot seventeen, and then Kalpakshaya Punastani Kalpa. Though here he is saying in the beginning of millennium, in the beginning of millennium, Shweta Varaha Kalpa. Hmm. So I am Bhagavan. Huh. We need to see where, when the red Varaha came and when the white Varaha came. Shweta Varaha Kalpa, that means this day of Brahma. Alright, it looks like, looks like probably it's once in a day of Brahma, right? But then there are so many, so many um, Yugas. In all those cycles, there are so many, uh, no, there is, a, wait. Well, let's see. Shweta, I think there is one Varaha who came in the Swayambhu Manu's time and there is one Varaha, definitely the Hirindagashubhu one was Swayambhu Manu, there was one more Varaha in the Chakshusha Manu time if I am not wrong, Varaha, let's see, Thus, seeing the earth merged in water, Brahma gave his attention for a long time to how it will live. According to Jiva Goswami, the topics delineated here are of different millennium. The present topics are of the Shweta Varaha millennium and the topics regarding the Chakshusha millennium will also be discussed in this chapter. The name of this Kalpa is Shweta Varaha Kalpa in which Lord Varaha appeared to kill Hiranyaksha. Well, Red Varaha, if I am not wrong. No, um, the present topics, okay, yeah, I think you are right. Shweta Varaha to kill Hiranyaksha and the Red Varaha and topics regarding Chakshusha Millennium will also be discussed in this chapter. Okay, okay here I think there is some, in the 331, 3.13. 3.13.31 purport. According to Srila Jiva Goswami, the Vedic literatures describe the incarnation of Lord Varaha bore in two different devastations, namely the Chakshusha devastation and the Swayambhuva devastation. This particular appearance of the bore incarnation actually took place in the Swayambhuva devastation when all planets other than the higher ones, Jana, Maha and Satya, merged in the water of devastation. This particular incarnation of the bore was seen by the inhabitants of the planets mentioned above. Srila Vishwana Chakravarti suggests that the sage Maitreya amalgamated both the boar incarnations in different devastations and summarized them in his descriptions to Vidura. So, so he summarized different, um, you know, um, the red and uh, white Varaha in the Chakshusha and Swayambhuva devastation. That means, looks like Chakshusha is the what? Fifth Mano, right? Uh, if you are not wrong. The names of the 14 Manus are as follows. Swayambhuva, Swarochisha, Uttama, Tamasa, Raivata, Chakshusha. Chakshusha is just sixth, just prior to this Vaivasvata Manu that we are in now. Chakshusha, Vaivasvata, Savarni, Daksha Savarni, Brahma Savarni, Dharma Savarni, Rudra Savarni, Deva Savarni and Indra Savarni. So, so Chakshusha, and, that means he came twice in this same day. Swayambhuva and Chakshusha, two times he came. So definitely the Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashu one is the Swayambhu one because Swayambhu one was there. And Chakshusha 
it happened probably later on which i think the description is it's not because of hiranyakashipu and hiranyakshi just that the earth went into you know but shweta varaha kalpa it is mentioned as shweta varaha kalpa so anyway i don't know all these things <laughs> it's a little bit sometimes um, confusing but it looks like both varaha came in the same day what is this? somebody suggesting 2.10.46 purport shrimad bhagavatam 2.10.46 this process of creation and annihilation is described in summary here in its regulative principle during the duration of brahma's one day it is also the regulative principle in the creation of mahat in which the material nature is dispersed well yeah this is all the creation and therefore each day of brahma is called a kalpa and there are 30 kalpas in terms of brahma's days so again here is kalpa but again in the other other place it is mentioned swayambhuva and uh, chakshusha manu so that appears in the same kalpa so anyway anyway the lord came for our purification we <laughs> chant his holy name and go back and if you really want to understand the pastimes of the lord sometimes it's inconceivable um but anyway so thank you very much if there are any questions any more questions hmm. okay no more questions thank you very much shri shopanishad ki jai shri prabhupad ki jai anandakori vaishnavrind ki jai jagannath baladev subhadra maharani ki jai snan yatra mahamahotsav ki jai nitai gaur premanande hari hari bol hare krishna